Leaders Lead. I'm Kula Callahan here to bring you another edition of Three More Questions with David Novak. Today, we're discussing your conversation with Uri Levine, the co-founder of Waze. And I loved this conversation. Uri is a provocative guy. He even calls himself a troublemaker. And his approach to starting a new business is fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I love about this guy, he's a serial entrepreneur. And and he wrote this book, you know, Fall in Love with the Problem, Not the Solution. And one of the things he talks about is that even when he's in the midst of, you know, developing one startup, he's already got the idea for the next startup. And this book that he wrote was fantastic. It's one of the best uh, books I've read in a long time because it's really a a manual on how to be an entrepreneur, how to really uh, develop a startup. And, you know, it goes through everything from hiring people to, you know, how you find the financing, you know, how you come up with the idea, how you develop the idea. Just an amazing book. And Uri is a great teacher. Uh, he teaches at a lot of different universities, and uh, I'm glad he took the time to, to write the book so that people can learn from it. I highly recommend it. I love this conversation, and he's a great storyteller, too. So there's tons of leadership insights in that conversation, but it's also just fun to listen to because you kind of feel like you're with a friend by a fire having a drink and just listening to him talk. So if you haven't listened to the episode, definitely go back in the feed and listen to it. You will love it. With that, though, we've got three more questions to roll through. Are you ready, David? Let's go. Question number one. Uri's new book is all about falling in love with the problem, not the solution. And it makes a lot of sense from a marketing perspective. As long as you're solving a problem, you're creating value for the customer. David, how can the same concept be applied to leadership? Well, Kula, I think the first responsibility of leadership is to define reality. And that means you really need to understand, you know, what your customers are going through, what their biggest problems are, and then getting your organization galvanized around solving those problems. So I think his approach is right on for every leader. You need to identify the pain points for your customers and then solve them so that you can get more customer satisfaction, ultimately drive your sales and improve your bottom line. That's so true, David. I love too that when you really define the problem for your customers and invite your employees into being part of solving that problem, it creates this unity and alignment among a team that really is unique. It's everybody working together to solve this main problem for customers. And I believe that that's kind of a a natural byproduct of just getting crystal clear on what that pain point that you solve for your customers is. One piece of research that I insisted on at every one of our brands was what I called a problem detection study. This is where we really wanted to identify what are the problems that our customers are facing. And then we quantified what's the most important problems and then how frequently they occurred. And let me tell you something. If you can solve the most important problems that occur for your customers the most frequently, you are on your way to growth. And it really led to lots of big ideas for us. It's also such a helpful principle to be guided by because I feel like a lot of times we have so much to do. There's so much on our plates and we kind of get pulled in a bunch of different directions. But like Uri says in your conversation, that problem becomes your North Star. So if you always come back to it and just focus relentlessly on solving it, it's your pathway to growth. Well, it's one of the reasons why we do the How Leaders Lead podcast. You know, one of the things that we've heard from our listeners is that they want to learn from other great leaders. 
but they don't have the access to really talk to top leaders in different categories and or top leaders in sports. But what we're able to do with How Leaders Lead is bring those leaders to the listeners so that they can learn. And that's something that they couldn't do without us. So we're solving a big problem there. And we have a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to question number two. Uri has some very practical advice about hiring and firing. He says that anytime you hire somebody, you should set a reminder 30 days after hiring that person. And then at the 30-day mark, he says you should ask yourself if you would hire that person again. If the answer to that question is no, he says you should fire that person immediately. David, hiring people is really expensive and time-consuming. What's your take on this approach? Well, first of all, I think Uri is a great leader. And, you know, I think he has a lot of courage. And I think his approach makes a lot of sense. You know, one of the biggest mistakes that I hear leaders continually say that they make is that when they don't really make calls on people early enough, they realize that someone is not doing well, they're never going to make it in their company, but they hang on and they hang on for too long. And when that happens, that's frustrating to the entire organization. So, you know, as callous as it sounds, you know, where Uri says, hey, you know, if they're not making it after 30 days, I would fire them. You know, I think there's a lot of merit to the concept behind that. But I, I have to tell you, I differ a little bit. You know, I would say you wouldn't hire that person after 30 days. I wouldn't fire them immediately. I would take them aside and tell them why I was displeased. You know, what it is that they've done that is not what we expect around here and give that person the coaching. And then if 30 days later, I hadn't seen some progress on that end, then I'd probably fire them. So my biggest approach is that you need to coach first because, you know, this is a very important thing for everybody in their life. You don't want to fire people who potentially could be turned around. But I think Uri understands that very well, and he's very sensitive to people, but he does know that when you have somebody on your team that isn't pulling their weight, it really brings the rest of the team down. And when you have a startup, that just shows up every single day, and you can't wait. And I think that puts more urgency into finding the right solutions. You know, I was lucky enough to work in a big company, and I had a little bit more wiggle room there with the people. You know, I could give that person a little bit more time. When you got a startup, I'm not sure you can. It's so funny. I bet every single person listening to this episode has felt that pain before of someone new coming onto the team, them not being the greatest fit, but no one doing anything about it. So, I mean, like you said, it becomes almost poisonous to your team to keep someone on who isn't a great fit and is not pulling their weight. As a naturally conflict-averse person, this thought of firing someone immediately after 30 days really makes me cringe. However, it's also a gift to that person to let them go as soon as you know that it's not working out because you're doing a disservice to your team, but you're also doing a great disservice to the person who's not working out. Absolutely. But I will tell you one of the things that <laughs> happened to me early on in my career, I, I let somebody go because they weren't working out and everybody on the team knew it. And I remember I said, I know how you must feel. And she looked at me and she said, you have no idea how I must feel. Okay? <laughs> and, and she was right. You know, it's like when you get fired, I think you got to realize, I think it's 
death, divorce, and termination. Those are the three things that I think create the most turmoil and the most sadness in people's lives. So, you know, I think you got to honor the importance of the work and the importance of the person and make sure that you hire the right person to begin with. You do everything you can to develop them. And then if they don't work out, uh, you got to move on. Very sound advice. All right. Question number three. Uri is a provocative thinker. I said this earlier, but he calls himself a troublemaker. And one of the provocative ideas he's really guided by is this, launch your product before your product is ready. And then even if you fail, the faster you fail, the more likely you are to be successful. David, what's your perspective on this? And do you have a story from your time at Yum Brands where you launched a product before it was ready to launch? Well, Kula, I think you really have to think about the context of the business and the kind of business it is. You know, Yuri is dealing with startups and that's his mindset. He's not talking about a gigantic company that's established and already out there. And so he's developing a new product. If you've got a new product as a, as a startup and you're trying to, to solve a problem, his point is get your product developed. As soon as it's developed, get it out there and learn whether it's really doing what you intended to do and if it's really solving the problem that you hope that it's solving. And if it isn't, adjust, modify it, and keep working at it, and you'll ultimately get to the right answer. And I think that makes a ton of sense if you've got a startup. Now, I, I ran Young Brands, so we had a million and a half people around the world. And uh, let me tell you something. If you rolled out a product to 5,000 restaurants, for example, and it wasn't right, you made life miserable for 5,000 restaurant managers and, you know, hundreds of thousands of team members because you're putting them through the ringer to try to sell a product that isn't the way how it should be. One thing that happened at Young Brands that I remember, we were trying to get in the chicken sandwich business at KFC and, and we had this great chicken sandwich, but we rolled it out, but we didn't have the processes and procedures that we needed to have to train our people well on how to really make it. And all it did was just slow things down and make our customers unhappy and make our team members and our restaurant managers even, you know, so frustrated because they said, well, who in the hell in, in the restaurant support center would develop a product like this? You know, I, I think when you're, you're running a company that is dependent on the front line performing and, and executing well, you better make sure what you roll out is ready to go. You know, one thing I've learned a lot from you, David, is this concept of test and verify. So, you know, perhaps you're not launching a new product, maybe a new product feature or initiative in your organization. I think there's a lot of merit, regardless of where your business is, whether you're a startup or a giant global corporation, to test something new for 30, 60, or 90 days and then verify your learnings, iterate as you need so that you can then launch something that you know will have a great product market fit and really serve to grow the business. And that's something that we've been doing a lot at How Leaders Lead. You know, even this three more questions episode, we started and by saying, you know, we'll do it for a month and then see how it goes and we'll iterate on it and make it better. And we got great feedback that people were loving it. And so we doubled down and you and I are here every week debriefing the conversations you have with these great leaders. So Launching a product before it's ready could be risky, depending on kind of where your business is and what industry you're in. But this idea of test and verify, I think, is so valuable for a lot of us. You know, and one of the things we're doing at How Leaders Lead is we're developing digital leadership training. 
And we've got, you know, two fantastic programs, we think, Taking People With You and Purposeful Recognition. These are great programs. But I have to tell you, I think maybe we're looking for perfection before we go out and really market the heck out of them. And, you know, I think getting it out there and and testing it and finding what people really think about the product and evolving it and then making it better and better, that's probably something we could go to school on as well. In the episode, Uri says the biggest enemy of good enough is perfect. You don't need to be perfect. You need to be good enough. And I love that advice because, I mean, you're right. We get so fixated on making the thing perfect that it just delays our time to market and we kind of get bogged down and try to make everything perfect. So I think that that is a really great insight from this conversation. You know, Cooley, you and I are both golfers. And, uh, you know, I work with Jason Goldsmith, who's the performance coach, and he wrote Take Charge of, of You with me. And uh, he's one of my best friends. But one of the things he, he coaches his players on is that when they hit a, a golf shot and it's good enough, just say it's good enough. Yeah, you could maybe hit it 20 yards further and it could have felt better and it could have been absolutely perfect. But hey, it's good enough. Just get on with the next shot and don't let perfection, you know, keep you from just performing with a result that is good, but maybe not perfect, you know, and good is good enough a lot of times. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well. And be sure to tune in this Thursday with my conversation with Chris Geisens, the president and CEO of Wawa. And if you think Chick-fil-A has a great culture, you gotta learn about how Chris is making it happen at Wawa.